Hi friends, welcome to the Partnership Podcast, exploring gospel partnership and generosity in the Bible, alongside stories of support raising from around our fellowship. We pray you'll be encouraged by it. Hi everyone and welcome to episode five of the Partnership Podcast and thanks Sally again for joining me for this chat. Uh, today we're going to be talking about Luke 12, 13 to 34, uh, but I'll pray before we read that together. Oh, our Father, we thank you that you do love partnership very much. And we pray that our partnership efforts would help your people to be rich towards him, that you'd help us to value the treasure that you want us to seek, and that you'd help us in our worries about material needs to trust you as uh, our Father who provides for us. Please encourage us as we hear and talk about these words from your word. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we're reading from Luke chapter 12, verse 13 to 34. I'm reading from the ESV. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But he said to him, Man, who made me a judge or arbitrator over you? And he said to them, Take care and be on your guard against all covetousness. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And he told them a parable, saying, The land of a rich man produced plentifully. And he thought to himself, What shall I do, for I have nowhere to store my crops? And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones, and there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax. Eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul is required of you, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. And he said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, what you will put on, for life is more than food and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens, they neither sow nor reap. They have neither storehouse nor barn, and yet God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? If then you are not able to do as small a thing as that, why are you anxious about the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow, They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass, which is alive in the field today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And do not seek what you are to eat and what you are to drink, nor be worried, for all the nations of the world seek after these things, and your father knows that you need them. Instead, seek his kingdom, and these things will be added to you. Fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with treasure in heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Thanks, Sal. 
Um, I think I'm always struck, first of all, when I first read, when I read this passage by just the really defensive, strong language against greed or I think covetousness was the, um, in your translation. Yeah. But take care, be on guard. It's such a sense that money is um, dangerous or the desire for possessions, something to be guarded against, warned a bit like a, quite a defensive attitude. Yeah. I think often we think of money as a bit more neutral than that. Um, but Jesus is pretty well, even, stark. Yeah. Uh, even when it says um, in verse 20, fool, this night your soul is required of you. Um, it's very strong language, just kind of uh, chastising him for his attitude towards money and possessions. Mm. Yeah, and I reckon um, relax, eat, drink and be merry is a pretty common attitude towards money and material possessions in our culture. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I was um, thinking about this and... Uh, for some reason on my YouTube, it always comes up with, you know, um, different strategies for how you can earn lots of money and retire early. Um, YouTube just keeps trying to sell me ads about that. And this just reminds me of, of that attitude of, um, yeah, the idea is you try and kind of put all your wealth together and invest uh, so that you don't have to work very much, uh, which is uh, very similar to this man's attitude. Um, but uh, God is uh, chastising him for that attitude. God is is challenging him um, mm. with the idea about being rich toward God, not just um, storing treasure for yourself. Yeah, and I think that's the link kind of in the whole passage is the question of whether we're, whether we're rich uh, towards God, where are we what treasures are we storing up and seeking um, yeah, and I think that probably has a number of applications for us that we um, need to think about our own example and how do we live this out in our own lives and our own generosity and being rich towards God and guarding against our own um, desire for more and more possessions. Mm. Um, but then also in how we disciple students and teach them about generosity and money because I think they need to have this take care, being on guard, um, the warning uh, that one's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. But also then um, with those who are our supporters, just encouraging them that if they're being rich towards God by giving towards us, that's just a really beautiful thing and a um, not even beautiful but a protective thing, I think, as mm. well. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and I think um, I like the concept that it's not um, – you're not necessarily giving so that a, a gospel worker is supported and whilst that's important and good – um, but it's actually more than that. It's actually you're giving yes. riches towards God and towards God's kingdom. And it's not just towards me being able to eat and, and live. Um, it's actually, it's actually towards, um, towards God and his kingdom that that's what people are giving towards. Yes, I think I'm so struck by that in my work that God is doing so much more through our support raising and partnership efforts than just providing for our financial needs, material needs. He's actually doing a great, like a huge work in people's hearts and turning their hearts towards him. Mm, mm. Absolutely, yeah. And then the next section is quite interesting, you know, the focus on do not be anxious. And I'm sure we've all read this passage uh, many times, but I do think it's once again, um, just really helpful to remember that that uh, God knows what we need. Um, yes, and and He's going to provide for for our needs. Like He 
he can look after the the birds and the flowers and the grass um he's he's definitely going to look after us and he has has been able to do that for the whole of creation and he's not going to stop doing that yes yes i think um i guess it is a question if you're not going to store up i don't know what's the equivalent for stuff storing up a huge surplus if you're not gonna um maybe i think a surplus can be quite good and healthy (laughs) but in some cases but um, if you're not going to store up and build new barns and things, that, that reliance on God and that more radical kind of dependence on God to provide, um, you need to, a strong <laughs> support or reason not to worry. Um, mm. Yeah, and so I think there's a lot to reflect here about um, what for when we get stressed about support raising prospects and whether God will provide Um Sometimes I uh, talk to staff who say, you know, I'm actually worried that I'm not going to be able to feed my family or that's the fear that stresses me out with this. Um, and I think there's, there's kind of fodder here for our imaginations and that the, um, for our emotions to engage with God's word and to just, to, I, think, I think honestly we could do worse when we're stressed about support raising than to go for a walk and meditate on the birds and the wildflowers and grasses and um, just to see the way that God provides them, uh, provides for them. Mm. I think that's the, one of the in- invitations here mm. from Jesus to consider the, consider the ravens, consider the lilies, mm. the wildflowers. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's also something here in that sense of striving there's things that you aren't to strive for, what you're to eat and drink and worrying, but there still is something to strive for. It's an active trust that we're striving for his kingdom. And I think it's just interesting to reflect about what does that look like in partnership ministry to be striving for the kingdom. And I think there's something about focusing on people's hearts and when you're approaching them, what's going on between them and God, uh, where is their treasure? Because where their treasure is, their heart will be also. Mm. And so in support raising, being less focused on here's my target, here's my bottom line, here's what I need, and more focused actually in each conversation on where is this person's heart at before God? God will provide. It might be through this person. It might be through another. Um, but in this conversation, I can be free to strive for the kingdom and to think mm-hmm. what does it look like for this person to seek the kingdom more? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's mm-hmm. probably a um, more attractive headspace for staff than focusing on the bottom line as well. And I think, um, you know, the next verse 32 is really helpful as well. For it's God's mm. good pleasure to give you the kingdom. You know, he actually, you know, we, we are to seek his kingdom, um, but he actually wants to give us his kingdom. He wants to, to bless us and look after us um, yeah. in that way and have, and have us, um, yeah, following him as king of our lives. Yeah, and addressing us in that verse as little flock, just that reminder that he's yeah. the shepherd, brings back all that shepherd imagery of God providing and leading mm. and guiding and, um, yeah, yeah. I think uh, the idea of treasure in heaven is really interesting. Sell your possessions and give alms, which I mean that in itself is a really strong call for us to think not just about how we're encouraging ourselves and partners and students to be generous to gospel work but also being generous to the poor here I think Mm. is really important to have that mix when we're doing kind of formation stuff about generosity um Mm. but so I think there's a real command here to to give to the poor and to be mindful Mm. of that but also um 
to make purses for yourselves that do, no, do not wear out, an unfailing treasure in heaven where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. I think we see in um, 1 Timothy 6, there's that broadening out that the treasure, the eschatological treasure that we're the foundation for the future that we're building up is broader than just giving to the poor. It's kind of generosity and good works and all kinds of things, um, the rich sharing what they have. But I think there's just a real command here to value treasure in heaven. Uh, And Mm. there's something about the eternal rewards that we will receive uh, that is parallel with how money works. There's so many times in the New Testament that money and riches and wealth are are the category that's used to describe that eternal benefit. And I think for whatever reason, we're meant to think of some of those eternal rewards in the same category as money which mm. is just really different, I think, from what how we usually, often think. Um, Randy Alcorn has this great line in his little booklet, The Treasure Principles, that he says that you can't take it with you, but you can send it on ahead. Like You can't take money when you die, but you can send it on ahead as treasure in heaven. It's like mm. the ultimate superannuation strategy, a really secure investment. And I think it's a good question for us to think. Like if Jesus is actually, you know, counting what we give to give money for our partners or for us to be generous it's not as though that's just disappearing sometimes you give money and it feels like it's just kind of disappearing into the ether but actually god's keeping an account of it and um, there's treasure in heaven and when you people give money they are making purses for themselves that do not wear out that is an investment that god is seeing and um honours will honour in some way that we don't understand it's obviously not a direct one-to-one correspondence because the widow who put in her two coins put in more than all the rest who put money in um but it's a secure investment and you use money you use your money now to get the treasure in heaven later yeah that concept of being rich towards god in that um first part of the passage i think Yeah. yeah that's very that's really valuable and and precious Yes, yeah. Someone made a joke to me recently about um, getting me to talk about eschatology and <laughs> and support racing, and I think they meant it as a joke, but I was still <laughs> just was excited because I think there is something eschatological about mm. support racing. And I think often when I talk about this with staff, uh, the immediate thought is that the eschatological benefit of our support raising is that they might we'll get to do the work on campus and there might be more students uh, in the new creation um, which is wonderful and really good but I think like we said before there's actually more than that going on Mm. in your support raising that the actual transfer of money the generosity or the giving creates treasure in heaven and an eternal benefit so even if we got sick and couldn't do any ministry the support raising in itself the gift of money had a had an eternal impact and benefit mm. for the partners. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's an interesting, yeah, interesting idea. Yeah, the, yeah, just the reality of um, that, yeah, when we give, it's not just, once again, it's not just for the support of the gospel worker. It's actually the generosity towards God, being rich towards God and building up of treasure in heaven, which will never spoil yeah. or fade. yeah. Yeah, it's wonderful. I think I'm not sure I'd do this job if it was just about money, but I think because it's about people's hearts and it's about, I think partnership ministry and support raising is about where people's hearts are at before God and their worship of him and encouraging um, them to give their treasures to him, to be rich to him and to have their hearts come alongside as well. Mm, Absolutely. 
Let's pray as we finish up. Uh, Father, we do thank you so much for uh, the treasure that you promise us. We thank you that you give us real treasure that will last. And we pray, Father, that you'd keep encouraging your people in generosity and keep encouraging staff in the goodness of um, nurturing generosity in others and encouraging them in it. Lord, help us to lead by example. Help us to trust you with our worries and help us to have our eyes on the eternal benefit of our work. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Kat. That's all right. Thanks, Sally. Great. Well, our next Bible discussion, we'll be looking at some more of Jesus' teaching in Luke 16, um, thinking about uh, the dishonest manager, everyone's favourite passage. (laughs) Great. Well, see you next time then. See you next time. Bye. Bye.